Welcome to the Camera Shake Podcast, episode 172. Yeah, it is. We finally made it. We are here in the Lofoten Islands on an amazing experience. We've got our Viking models, Dave Williams in the corner over there. Um, we're just going to go through and introduce ourselves, and then we're going to go right into what this experience has been like for all of us. So we're going to start over there uh, with Paul. So, Paul, just tell us who you are, what kind of photography you usually do, and what made you come here to the Lofoten Islands. My name is Paul Cober. Normally, I shoot animals and instruments in nature, and I've known Dave for a while and just followed him and just... The fact that being up here is just cool, I thought. And photographing Vikings is just like a dream. And you also dressed as a Viking. And I'm dressed as a Viking. And why? Well, the reason is we're going to get into that in a little while. Okay, but we'll move on and we'll introduce our next guest on the show. Hello. Uh, my name is Maria Effenberger. I'm here um, as a Viking model together with Rue. And um, photography is a little hobby of mine. So I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing here. Fantastic. And of course... We know, we, everybody knows who that is. I'm Dave Williams. Welcome to Lofoten. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Rul Vomilo. I'm an, um, a model. And, uh, well, uh, I ex my expertise is in uh, historically uh, modeling. So Viking is really uh, something I do more often. And to be able to do it here is just great overall. And we're going to talk about your outfit and your armor in more detail in just a second as well. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Hey, I am Bob Pierce. I came from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I typically do a lot of real estate, architecture, photography, and then some portraits and headshots. And I heard about it from this guy over here, David Bergman. Uh, and he called my parole officer and they worked it out and said it was it was okay if I left the country. So here I am. Oh boy, it's going to be that kind of podcast. Um, yeah, I'm David Bergman. I'm a Canon Explorer of Light and I'm a tour photographer, also a photo educator myself. Uh, and I couldn't be happier to be here. I I heard about this on Kirsten's uh, podcast. I was actually on the camera shake. I don't know what number that was. Yes. Uh, roll back. If you're on YouTube, if you're listening on YouTube, well, if you're listening to the audio version, of course, check it out. But if you are watching on YouTube, then just go into the playlist and, and check out that interview with David Bergman um, a few months ago, first class. Anyway, but do that after you've finished watching this episode because we're not finished. Yeah. So I was a guest on, on the podcast. And then a few episodes later... Dave Williams was on and I saw that he was hosting this workshop and I have never, I, I teach a lot of workshops myself. I've never seen the Northern Lights and I've always wanted to photograph the Northern Lights and see it. And we're up here in the north of the Arctic Circle and I thought what a great opportunity to come hang with some friends and make some pictures and see the Northern Lights. And that's what it's been. So it's been awesome so far. And as you mentioned you've never seen the Northern Lights before this. And I think that's probably true for most of us, except for Dave, of course. <laughs> um, but Am I right in saying that none of us, including myself, had ever seen the Northern Lights before? Is that right? Yeah, I live in, I live in New York City, and so I see, see tall buildings. We can barely see the sky, yes. <laughs> so there's no opportunity to see the Northern Lights. I do travel around the world a lot, but it's rare that I have an opportunity to spend. Because the Northern Lights, you know, as I learned this week, you know, you don't see them every night, right? The weather is it's very weather dependent. It doesn't happen every night. So uh, so there were, you just don't, I just have never had the opportunity to spend a week chasing the light and chasing the weather to uh, try to get some pictures. So we've all come here to chase the Northern Lights, and we're going to just hear from from Dave Williams uh, for a second, uh, who's going to explain to us 
why this is the perfect spot on the planet, the best spot on the planet to come and see the Northern Lights. So why is that? There's a couple of reasons. And so to briefly touch on all of them, the weather here, we've, we've not had the best weather this week. We have been chasing. But the weather here generally is pretty good because the sea carries the Gulf Stream. That warms things up and it tends to give us calmer, better weather. And then in the winter, when the weather comes from the north, and because it's so cold, we tend to have clearer skies. Um, but then when, when you think about how the Northern Lights work and the fact that the Northern Lights are essentially electric, they're getting attracted to the granite in the mountains. And this is just one huge chunk of granite. So that's great. We're at the center, center of the auroral oval here in Lofoden. And um, we have the longest season. So because of where we are, we're in the Arctic Circle, but not too deep into it. We're about 100 miles into it. Um, it means we've got the longest season from... I started shooting this year on the 18th of August. So it was still summer. As soon as you can see a star in the sky, you can see the northern lights. And then I'm expecting that we're going to go through till mid-April, mid maybe a tad beyond mid-April. So there's lots of reasons why this place is great for that. But then when there are no northern lights and when you need to occupy yourselves in the daytime, it's absolutely stunning out there. Even right here where we are at this fishing village, at Svinoya, it's just beautiful. It's, it's without, without a doubt one of the most stunning places on earth. And of course, it's also the birthplace of the Viking culture or civilization. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly why we have our two Viking models with us, with us every day. So not only have we been chasing the, the Northern Lights, but we've also done a lot of portrait photography. We've shot Vikings in their natural habitat. Um, and it, it doesn't take a lot of imagination when you see that mm. in the landscape. Absolutely. It really doesn't take a lot of imagination to, to really understand what that must have been like a thousand years ago yeah. in this area. It's still that rough that rugged, rugged is the word yeah, yeah it was rugged. exactly it's it's just such a stunning stunning landscape and of course that's the other thing that we've been doing we've been we've been doing portrait photography uh, we've learned how to shoot the northern lights and we've also uh, gotten into landscape photography for example so um let's have a quick chat with rule uh rules come all the way from holland where you're basically a professional model right yeah that's right uh i'm from holland which is pretty flat not comparable to the environment here. So, yeah, I've done a lot of Viking uh, modeling. And, you know, to be honest, there are great uh, scenery in, in Holland, but it's not comparable to this in any way. Because, as Dave said, we got a lot of granite rocks and, and stuff like this. And as you said, it's, it's not hard to imagine um, what a Viking would look like here or how it would be. And to just be here, it, it all just comes together, you know. And we have, we've seen such amazing scenery and landscapes and... Yeah, for me that that it really adds something to the whole experience, I guess, for for all you guys as well. So yeah, it's just awesome to do. And of course, you've brought a complete outfit. In fact, you brought a range of outfits of authentic uh, Viking armor, a uh, weaponry, um, and so on. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the the uh, the outfit or the costume that you're wearing. It's hard to call it a costume because it's actually it looks like it's straight from the. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't call it a costume or a cosplay or or something like that. Uh, for me, well, I I'm wearing traditional Viking boots. The only thing was not traditional are the soles because otherwise I would have really pain in my feet at the moment. But wearing an, uh, a a Viking uh, pants, um, and all the the rest of the armor like the tunic is traditional. With traditional uh, Norse 
uh, lining and everything. And also the, the details on the costume, everything is there like uh, knot work and, and, and the dragons, what you will also see on the Viking longship. And everything is just, um, yeah, well, based, based on all, everything we know about Vikings. And of course, that really comes across in the photography. There's so much detail in that, that even just doing a portrait shot of, of you in your armor in itself is amazing. But then put that into the authentic landscape, that's just mind-blowing. I think we've all experienced that. Um, Bob, tell us a little bit about, uh, about your experience here on the workshop. Why did you come here and uh, what was the one thing that you were looking forward to the most? Well, a lot of things. Uh, I love to travel. I do a lot of landscape photography. Uh, and then, like I, I had said before, I do a lot of real estate photography, which if, if you're wanting to find the least exciting, least sexy, least fun form of photography, then you need to go into real estate photography. So I was desperate to do something different. Uh, and I, I, I love... Um, I love landscape photography. I love mountains and waterfalls. Um, and then when, when David told me about this, I looked up Dave and immediately realized that he's the, you know, he's the king. Uh, of course, you're the Viking king. But uh, Dave is, is, you know, the best in the world at this. And I thought, you know, this is, you know, wallets refill, but, but clocks don't rewind. You know, go do it, man. This is a chance. So if, if anybody has the chance to do this, this workshop, you'd be a fool not to. It's it's amazing. It's really well run. It's an amazing experience. It really is. So let's talk a little bit about what people can expect on this on this workshop. We've come almost to the end of of our stay here in the Fulton Islands, and so we're just going to talk a little bit about what people can expect and and all the different things that we've learned and what our experiences have been. So I'm going to start with the first time we saw the Northern Lights. How did that feel? So, Paul, if we just move the, uh, the, the mic over to you. Paul, what was, what was going through your mind the first time you saw those Northern Lights? It was mind-blowing. Just looking up, we were taking pictures, and Dave said, look up, just look up. Because, you know, you get, you're all concentrating on the sets, settings and everything like that, and you're just a little, little picture. And he's pointing out, look up, because it's, Majestic. I mean, there's nothing else to describe. It's just like you go like that. And you're like, so it's it was mind blowing. It's a completely surreal experience, isn't it? It's like it's like nothing you've ever seen. You before. can see pictures, yeah. but until you see it in person, even even videos don't do it. And you see it all the way across the whole sky. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like it. Phenomenal. Merit, uh, just tell us a little bit about your first experience seeing those northern ones. Um, well, it was always a dream of mine, like seeing the Northern Lights. And um, I, I couldn't describe it better than you did because it was beyond what I was, was expecting. And um, there are actually no words to describe it because indeed the pictures and the videos, it's, it's you say like, wow, but it's way more than wow. Yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal. The thing that blew my mind was that when you look at photographs, you know, the first thing that goes to my mind whenever, in the past, whenever I saw um, a photograph of the Northern Lights, I always thought like, well, you know, that's probably editing. And maybe yeah. it looks like that through a camera, but in real life, maybe, I don't know. Because you hear a lot of people say like, oh, you can't actually see it with your, with your you know, bare eyes. Yeah. The thing is, though, when it all kicks off, 
it's literally like you think there's a special effects thing going on up in the sky. It is so insane. Intense. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's so intense. It's, I mean, it's, it's so intensely colorful as well. Green, you know, we've seen pinks, we've seen purples. Yeah. It's just, it's just been mind blowing. Dancing. Dancing, exactly. The movement. This is the one thing yeah. that don't really realize in the photograph is that these things move and they move fast, right? So if we pass the mic on um, to David, David, I want to know from it. I mean, people who watch this podcast or listen to this podcast, they probably know your name. They probably know who you are, um, which is great for me because um, we started off with a, a portrait photography session just to bring everybody um, up to the same, you know, onto the same page. Um, and from my perspective, if there's anything I don't know, I can always ask David Bergman. <laughs> Clearly, thanks for the plug. Well, sure. Whatever sense, check out David's YouTube channel as well. <laughs> um, but photographically, technically speaking. What was your impression when you tried to shoot the Northern Lights? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, like you said, I mean, I'd heard it described, but I also thought that a lot of the pictures that I'd seen were very long exposures. And certainly some of them are. When we first, first time I saw the Northern Lights, they were very dim, right? Because we were fighting the weather and there were a lot of clouds and it was just peeking out and you do kind of a long exposure and you, and you see it poke through and you're like, okay, that's cool. But as the night progressed and it, the sky opened up, you literally could just look up. By the end of the night, it was like three in the morning. It was just filled the sky with green, and it was, it was cool. I mean, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So, um, so yeah. So that was sort of my impression of, of the lights the first time I saw it. Um, and what was your question? <laughs> From a technical standpoint, I mean, photographically, you know, certain things. When you think of like, you know, certain things like I, I'm just all the landscape photographers who listen to this podcast will hate me now, but I'm just going to say it. Landscape photography is relatively easy from a technical point of view. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stay with me right there. <laughs> right. But um, from anything and everything that I have shot, I can legitimately say that shooting the, the Northern Lights and Sea Eagles, as it happened, um, that for me was by far technically probably one of the most difficult things to photograph. There's a couple of things that, that make it different than the, at least the kind of photography that I do. I do a lot of action, sports, concert photography mostly. Um, the first thing is, yeah, maybe gear-wise, you don't need the type of gear that I might need for you know long lenses or you know fast uh, frame rates or those kinds of things. But um, the, the hardest part, first of all, working in the dark is a challenge. Uh, that I did not expect. So, and you really can't shine a bright flashlight when you're doing long exposures or something like that. So that was challenging. But also the key to being a great landscape photographer is knowing where to go, right? And that's not something you can just look up on a book, right? So yeah, Dave Williams is the guy, right? And so he knows where to go and how to chase the weather. And so that's why I wanted to come here. And, you know, could I have probably taken a flight to Iceland or Norway and seen the lights and made pictures? Maybe, but... I would have spent a lot more time trying to figure it out and it would probably had a lot lower success rate, right? Whereas if you're with somebody who knows, it's worth it to me to pay somebody and to come to an, an event like this where somebody who knows what they're doing and knows where to go. And let the great landscape photographers will do that. They'll And wildlife photographers, same thing. They will sit in the bush for hours just waiting because they know that that animal comes out at a certain time of day, you know, and the, the odds are a lot higher. Whereas, you know, I would just have to stumble into it, right? So I, I don't think it's as gear heavy, this kind of photography, but it's knowledge heavy, right? You've really got to know what you're doing. That's because 
you know, otherwise you end up waiting for something to happen and it'll never happen. Right. The thing that really I found, you know, really mind blowing is, is the fact that they just simply move. They move. Like you set your camera up and by the time you've checked your focus and everything else, they've already moved on. They're faster than you think. So I forgot about that. They could be happening on the other side of the mountain. Yeah. And you need to know whether they're happening on the other side of the mountain, whether you're facing the right way. Because we're in the middle of the auroral oval. It's not just northern lights in the north. They're the whole sky, north, south, east, west. And even like facing the right way, for example, again, you know, whilst you're setting up your camera pointing one way, everything, by the time you've, you've got, if you're focused right and everything, they might be dimming off there, but they might be exploding behind you. You can't yeah. see it because you're facing the wrong way. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's vital to have a, an Aurora tracker on the team. Now, I know you've got a myriad of experience when it comes to chasing Northern Lights, but just give us sort of a, a brief introduction into what, what does it take to know when the Aurora is happening and where it's happening? How do you know that? In, in terms of the long range, I, I know roughly a month ahead when we're going to get the right sunspots facing the Earth because obviously the Earth's rotating around the sun so we're getting different sunspots facing us and different sunspots give us different levels of activity. We want solar flares because then we get geomagnetic storms. We get huge masses of plasma flying towards us that create the northern lights. Um, so that's about a month ahead. A couple of days ahead, we'll know which solar flares are, are sending all that stuff to us and whether it's going to collide with us, miss us, etc. based on the data from the Earth and from um, the solar flare itself. And without getting too geeky about it, there's a whole bunch of measurements. We're measuring the interplanetary magnetic field, measuring the protons, the density of the protons. We need to know if it's electrons. If it's electrons, we're not going to see it. We need the protons. But the solar wind um, carries both of those things. So we're looking at a whole load of stuff. And then down to the hour when we're getting the last minute information from the Deep Space Climate Observatory as what's coming to the Earth and the magnetic fields on the earth itself i can i can say you know in 10 minutes something's going to happen in 40 minutes something's going to happen so it goes from 30 days down to an hour ahead um but when people say they chase the northern lights they're not really chasing the northern lights they're chasing the holes in the clouds there's not really many totally clear nights so you need to find those holes and when the aurora appears you need to move your position on the earth to keep the hole open relative to where you are to drag the aurora out of the clouds and so it, it is an art and a science combined and it requires knowledge of where you are exactly so it requires intimate knowledge of the geography yeah. and the infrastructure like everything observing the mountains observing how the clouds behave are they high or low which direction is the wind what's the dew point the humidity all of that comes into play and also knowing how to get to a particular spot yeah quickly so that yeah. you can actually be in, there in time in the dark in, in the, the dark. snow whatever yeah. it may be and it's pitch black out there there's no such thing as street lighting no. you know in the middle of the mountain basically so you've I mean I know you've come here for many years and now you actually live here which yeah. makes you perfectly placed and I think the one thing that's certainly impressed me but I think impressed all of us is the fact that you seem to know every trail every dirt track <laughs> every road in every turn yeah and and, uh, you know, and, and the way that we managed to get from one point to another point, you know, when you could predict that that's going to be something on the other side of the mountain, like 20 minutes, and we'd be there right on time, yeah. you know, in the right spot, you know, looking at the right thing yeah, at that, the right time. That's the right. advantage. Thank you. Right place, right time. 
Hey, let me just jump in real quick to tell you about the amazing sponsor of this episode, Platypod. Platypod offers innovative camera support systems designed to unleash your creativity. With their stable, versatile, and portable solutions, you can capture stunning shots like never before. And I'm not just saying that. As the host of the Camera Shake podcast, I can personally vouch for Platypod's incredible products. They've become an integral part of the show. In fact, I'm surrounded by various Platypod products holding up lights, cameras, microphones, and so on. It's really helped to transform the way I make the show and the way I shoot at home, in the studio, and on location. But don't just take my word for it. Explore Platypod's website at www.platypod.com to discover their range of products, including the Platypod Extreme, Platyball Tripod Heads, and the brand new handle, of course. Make sure to follow Platypod on Instagram and Facebook at Platypod Tripods for exclusive updates, tips, and giveaways. By choosing Platypod, you're not only investing in your photography, but you're also supporting the Camera Shake Photography Podcast. Thanks again to Platypod, our amazing sponsor. Platypod, where innovation never sleeps. The, um, that's the advantage of living here. So obviously workshops come to visit and they might know main roads, main routes, main towns, whatever, but they don't know the, I don't know, the hidden gems. Like roads change, layouts change, roads get open and closed. Everything changes. Landslides happen. Mountains look different. Everything changes. And if you live here, you know it and you're used to it. And like, you know, I wake up tomorrow and see what's different. Whereas someone that was here last year, there might be a lot of differences and they might not be in the right place. And they might not know the secret sort of hidden spots. And yeah, that's the advantage of, of being here the whole time. And of course, you know, the one major thing that happens here is the, is the weather. Yeah. You know, we're here right now in the middle of September, but give it another month or so, all this is going to be covered in snow. Yeah. So then it's a completely different ball game yeah. again because everything looks completely different. Yeah. Um, so we've been very lucky because we've, we've experienced the rugged rocks and everything else. Um, again, the yeah. autumn colors as well. The autumn colors, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, great for landscape photography. You know, some of the light, the, the drama in the clouds was amazing. Um, Bob, what was your first impression when you first saw the Northern Lights? Oh, it was, it was impressive. Um, it, one of the things that I, I did not realize um, was how, what you guys already talked about, was how fast they move. And you think, okay, well, I see them. I'm going to set my camera up and get my focus. Well, it's already gone. I mean, you got to be set up. And I, you were mentioning as far as difficulty. I don't think there's any question, for at least for me, this is the most difficult form of photography because there's so many elements. You've got to um, not only find the location that's got the holes in the clouds, but just taking a picture of just the northern lights is like taking a picture of just a sunset. You've got to have a foreground element to make the picture interesting and, and compelling. Uh, and that's where having somebody like Dave who knows the landscape um, so you've got that whole thing, which is a challenge and then, uh, pulling focus in the dark when you've got nothing to focus on. That was the difficult. Oh thing my God. I mean, I think the first time you end up with quite a lot of blurry pictures until you relearn how to do it and how, what to focus on in the pitch black and then just finding the right button on your camera. And yeah, the it was a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was, so it was. It's also the most difficult form of photography, but it's also been the most rewarding. I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot of great portraits of these guys, mainly because these guys uh, are, are so, you know, our Vikings are great. Uh, but I've gotten maybe two or three good pictures of uh, 
northern lights and the it, i mean i'm so psyched about that because it's so difficult to do i didn't realize that i had no idea how difficult it was going to be um but it's great uh that you've got you and and dave to to help um and now that we've done it for a couple nights i, I i'm pretty confident but that first night was nerve-wracking <laughs> And you know, the thing, the really, the unique thing about this workshop um, in comparison to just about any other workshop I've ever heard or read about is the fact that we're really combining the experience of shooting the Northern Lights with the experience of doing modeling or model shoots um, of Vikings. And we can practice portrait photography in the most insanely beautiful landscape during the day. But then we've also combined that at nighttime with the Northern Lights. And we've come across, our, you know, we've we've come we've managed to create the most amazing images that way. And wildlife photography. I, I'm going to come to that in a second. Okay, that, no worries. I think I was, so, my pers my personally, and you know, again, you know, people who are acquainted with this podcast will know this because I say all the time. I'm not much of a landscape photographer, but I'm probably even worse as a wildlife photographer. And I was one of my, I mean, uh, pr probably for me, that's alongside with the with photograph in the Northern Lights, the wildlife photographer is probably the hardest one. First of all, these damn things move. Yeah, and, you know, we went out. They to, really move. Yeah, we went out <laughs> to shoot sea eagles. So we went out on a boat, um, uh, on a speedboat, uh, and we tried to photograph sea eagles in full flight. And these things are crazy fast. Um, that was an experience and a half. Just tell us a little bit about about. I was, was going to make the point very quickly on what Bob just said that I think it's it's worth for for what we give out to people on future workshops. I'm going to say it now. You need to be able to operate your camera without looking. You need to change your ISO, your shutter speed um, without looking. And you need to be able to compose a frame in the dark, which is, it's, it means knowing, like, if you can't see there's a mountain there, I know there's a mountain there, so I'm going to let you know, you know? So that helps. But yeah, it's like firing off a fast shot, seeing how it looks, making the necessary adjustments to your tripod, and then getting to work. Yeah. Because as, as everyone said, actually, it's fast. It can move, and you want to capture that action. You can take shots a couple of seconds apart that look completely different. But yeah, sea eagles. What was the question? <laughs> These things are fast. I mean, um, we we went out on a speedboat. Uh, we uh, had the opportunity to feed the yeah. the eagles, and uh, these things. The the second they see food, they're all over it. Yeah. And of course, you know, uh, you can get really dramatic, really incredible shots, especially in front of that incredible backdrop here yeah. off of the Lofoten Islands and the, the fjords and the um, the mountains and everything. Um, but these things are fast. Yeah. Very fast. Yeah. Is that so, that like old name Sea Eagle? Yeah, uh, Sea Eagles, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we went to, so we're staying at Svolva, at Svinnerodorvud, and round the corner up towards Trollfjord, which is also famous, there is the Sea Eagle Kingdom. And there are so many of them. They used to be a protected species. So we were... We had how many? Twenty odd at one place, and then, yeah. And um, so, where the good thing about that is, you get lots of practice. You can you can practice your skills focusing and tracking really fast because there's yes. so many of them. But yeah, it's a unique opportunity. Um, the the other good thing is that you have the fish, you have the control, you can put the eagles where you want to put them. The only thing that's left is to find whichever ones lock were flying into it, lock onto that eagle, and just. Get, get the fastest frame rate you can and, and the uh, best, I guess. That, is, that was quite difficult. The animal eye tracking, though. Uh, well, so I tried that, and yeah. it, it worked 
I mean, it worked well enough, yeah. you know. And uh, I know we've been having this conversation between you know Nikon eye tracking and Canon. Uh, I, I think you had some really good experiences with your eye tracking. The yeah, I was on that day. I was shooting with the Canon R three, and I was very curious to see you know switch it to the animal um, eye focus or whatever you call it, and it, it was amazing. I mean, any shots that are are out of focus or not is 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 user error, not camera. I mean, it was amazing. Almost every shot, uh, and I was on, you know, high burst, machine gun, rapid firing, uh, and everything is just tack sharp. It's it's amazing. Actually, David would be the good guy to ask this question about, but it, it was amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, in general, the, these days, it's insane. The technology built into these cameras, the eye tracking for people. I mean, even, even if I'm doing a portrait, I don't even think about focus anymore with these cameras. I mean, I'm, I, I brought the R3 and the R5 out here with me, the Canons, and it's just it's insane, the technology that's available today. Anybody who complains about any modern cameras, you're doing something wrong because it really, I mean, you just it's almost point and shoot these days, which yeah. makes me a little angry because it, when it was harder to do, you know, it felt like you were really earning it, and now it's a little too easy yeah. But that for that stuff. But it's funny you were saying about the Northern Lights. Composing in the dark was also something I had never thought of because, yeah, you you can kind of see a little bit with the naked eye because you got some maybe we didn't really have much moonlight, but there's in the distance there 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 are lights that give you a little bit, but and your your eyes acclimate and then of course you turn on the flashlight for a second and your iris changes, but um, but it's funny in my normal photography when the light goes away I go home <laughs> I'm I'm done I have nothing to do when the lights go off you start the day when the lights go out so. That was really fun. And also, it's been really cool because, yes, it's, uh, you know, it's like come for the Northern Lights, stay for the Vikings, right? Because, uh, you know, I came mostly to shoot the Northern Lights, but obviously that's only at night. So during the day, we have had so many fun things to do. And, yeah, we've got two incredible Viking models who've been super And I think we've all become really good friends. I'm sure we'll all keep in touch. And so that's always fun for an experience like this. Um, and, you know, we've photographed... Uh, reindeer and we photographed all kinds of wildlife and it's just been a, that kind of that having that during the day to do and to hang out and you know be social and then go out late at night and photograph the lights it's just been it's been an awesome experience and and I you know I always say never stop learning right it's like there's always something to learn for every level of photographer whether you're just getting started or you're more experienced exactly I mean I've learned so many things just from being here and just by hanging out with so many really experienced photographers because we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. And just by spending this week together, I think we've all, you know, had that experience that it's been an incredible learning curve for all of us. Um, the other thing that's that's really very different with this workshop, really, is that we have our Viking models with us all the time. No matter where we go, we always have Vikings. So we have a lot of options. Um, you know, we we drive along the road, we see a great landscape, we stop, we pile out of the car. You know, we set up, we, we shoot some landscape. And then we have the option of putting our Viking models into the scene and create some portrait photography in, you know, in that backdrop. Um, for you as a model role, in what way is this different from what you normally do in Holland? Well, first of all, the scenery, of course. But, um, well, I can imagine that exactly what you say, you have us with, with you all the time. I mean, you can do landscape photography if you want. Because, of course, during the day, there are no northern lights, so you got the option for landscape photography. The wildlife can be combined with us as Viking models as well. You can do portraits. You can put us in the background. 
And if you don't want, you don't want, we're here anyway. So there are so many options because otherwise you would be here only for the Northern Lights and what you're going to do all day. And now you have like a trillion options to do. And it's great that you have such a great package to offer to the people. And for us as a model, it's a great experience as well because we enjoy the scenery. The the Me as a Viking lover, of course, seeing the Northern Lights was also amazing because I'm into the mythology and everything. And I can imagine what people back in the day must have thought looking at the sky and seeing this dancing lights and everything and knowing a bit about the mythology then i you know, i just can't imagine what the people must have thought you know and just seeing all these amazing things i mean they've thought of this and, and you you guys thought of this concept and for me it just all comes together and for me as a model to experience all this is just been amazing me I, there are no words to describe it really i mean you got all these great things coming together and that's why you i think you can offer the people something so unique you cannot find that anywhere in the world i mean you got a professional guide who knows exactly what he's doing two people who know everything about photography for the people who maybe have questions about something me and maya as models you know so it just all comes together it's been a great experience overall i'll also add to that too that we haven't mentioned um the accommodations are great um really nice um cabins um, so you, when you get through a long day, you've got a nice private cabin to go back to. They're very comfortable. Um, everything you need is right there. Um, so. Also fantastic food. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It's a fantastic restaurant. And, and thank goodness they've got a, a bar with alcohol. So, <laughs> I mean, seriously, what else are you looking for? Yeah. I mean, everything's there. Fantastic. Uh, Dave, tell us a little bit about the accommodation because, uh, uh, Bob sure. mentioned it. We've, we're in the historic fishing village of Sonoya. Yeah. The very short version of the story is this is, um, this is uh, an island that was once home to a bunch of fishermen. They would have had their warehouse or their brugge, their shop, uh, the boss of the whole operation in the manor house, the fishermen in the red cabins, which are Rorbu. And this is Finorobuer, and the Ur make, makes it a plural. So this is um, an island packed with cabins, packed with history, dating back to 1828, 195 years worth of history. And it is pretty evident when you're in the main building, you can you can literally see that history on the walls. Um, two, three of the rooms are almost exactly as they were. And then, of course, there's a historic cabin. But the more modern elements, like the sauna, Bush and Restaurant, which is one of the best restaurants in northern Norway, where we had dinner on the first night and we're going to have a Viking feast. Um there's, there's so much going on here. It's an ideal location as well because we're in the middle of Lofoten. So we can go east and west just as easily to chase the holes in the sky uh, based on the weather. And if you stay in the west where it's kind of the heart of Lofoten where the most sort of iconic views are, um, you're stuck there. Whereas we, we're more flexible on how or where we can go. And we've done that multiple times where we've been, you know, we've been out all day you know, we're having dinner. And I remember at the very beginning, we were in the restaurant, we were having dinner, and all of a sudden you look at your at your data and you're like, right, guys, we've got 20 minutes because it's all kicking off. Let's pile in the car and we're out. So it's really all-out photography. It's all-out photography. It's good food, great accommodation. The one thing that impressed me the most about this place, bear in mind that we're 200 miles, no, sorry, 200 kilometers north of the Arctic Circle. So this is the Arctic for all intents and purposes. This is as far north as I've, ever been uh, we were standing at a beach uh, we were visiting a number of different beaches a beach is the the caribbean of the north as it's called and i remember we're looking out to sea and uh, dave says 
you know, the next thing over beyond the horizon is the North Pole. I mean, that's how far north we are. You know, you can't go any further north in, in principle. But the thing that's impressed me the most is how comfortable it is up here, how comfortable the cabins are, how easy it is to have, like, internet connection, for example. We went out, we went out to sea, and I was, like, happily FaceTiming with my daughter miles out at sea, and it's only when we went into this very remote fjord that all of a sudden, you know, I didn't even have 3G anymore. Um, but, you know, okay, say, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, they, you're, they're, you're, used, you know. they're used to it. The infrastructure's there. Yeah, so incredible. there's cell signal in all the tunnels, everywhere you go. Um, there is very fast broadband here. It, it's a great place. I was thinking of something just now when you were talking, and we're going to backtrack just so I can make one point, if that's okay with the host. Go for it. Camera clubs and photography contests. So many people have shot, you know, Norwegian mountains and fjords and northern lights and fishing villages and entered them into camera club contests. But how many have put a Viking in their natural habitat? This, I mean, the the opportunities here, the possibilities are absolutely endless. Yeah. You know, you can shoot, you can shoot eagles, See eagles. at some bird show, you know, in, in the UK, for example. But putting them in their natural habitat, in the Arctic, that's a whole different ballgame. And then being able to creatively combine that with, you know, real life, mm-hmm. out, fully kitted out, mm-hmm. literally Hollywood, you know, quality Viking models, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, I think when it comes to photographic competitions, um, yeah, the possibilities you have here are just absolutely endless. You can just let your mind wander and, mm. and you know, and yeah, you realize can, anything you can think You of. can add stuff to your portfolio from just one trip, like yeah. a few different things. Yeah, it's a fantastic place. I love it. That's why I live here. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really good. Maya, I'm just going to ask you, um, again, from a modeling perspective, um, what has been here for this week done to your sort of creative mind when it comes to modeling? Pooh, that's a good question. Um, I've learned a lot as well. And, um, you know, the, the possibilities are just endless. And that's what you get here. And I say it's it's way more than in the Netherlands. Like, I, I, yeah, to be honest. Um yeah, I don't know actually. It's we've done a lot of different things. She's speechless. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really speechless. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've created you know throughout this week we've created so many images. You know, um, everywhere you look, everywhere you look is a picture. You know, that's the thing. You turn around, that's a picture. Absolutely. Like, I I think what she's trying to say also like if you can imagine it, it will happen here, because we got everything. You got all the ingredients. You can make any dish you want, for photography wise. You know. Like, as I said before, the scenery, the, the animals, the northern lights. If you can imagine it, you can do it here. Well, I was just going to add real quickly. There's so many multiple types of locations. You've got beach scenes. You've got, you know, forest scenes. You've got rugged mountain scenes. You've got, you know, open field. I mean, so if, if you've got a portrait in mind, the location is here. You've got called God as well with the horses. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we had horses as well. And I was just going to say, you do not need generative fill when you're here. It, it looks like AI, and it is not. It's actually real. Yeah. We've had, you mentioned, Dave just mentioned them, horses. So, you know, we've taken our models not only, you know, up on a mountain or to a beach. We actually managed to, you know, combine that with real horses, 
reindeers. Yeah. Um, so we've had so many different experiences here uh, to give us, to allow all of us to create imagery that's different. Yeah. Different from anything that you could possibly photograph anywhere else. It's such a unique spot. Yeah. I mean, the the beaches, the Caribbean of the north that you just mentioned, but then Henningsvar, which we haven't visited, I'm hoping we can get there tomorrow, is called the Venice of the North because it's a village on islands with bridges connected to them. It's, it's beautiful. Um, having the horses just down the road, they're Icelandic horses. They're used to winter. They're out all winter. And these two are have horses. How many? 50-odd? Is that how many? Uh, 40. About 40? 40, yeah. They've got lots of horses. They know how to how to ride a horse, how to work with a horse. And that went, that meant that today when we were with the reindeer, they were comfortable with the reindeer. Similar big animals, not the same animal by any means, but really. an animal n nonetheless. That was a great advantage, actually, because mm. Maya is a, you know, a horse breeder and horse trainer, I guess. And <sighs> the, your, your ability to make sure that these horses were in the right spot at the right time was just phenomenal. I mean, it just made for think... such a, a phenomenal uh, photographic experience. Yeah, th that's one thing I wanted to say. Of course, we have ideas because we do modeling. But the thing is, um, it's really nice when uh, a photographer has an idea, we're in for it. You know what I mean? It's not like we're going to say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're just in for it all. Like, what do you want? We can probably do it. And also with animals, we love our job and we love what we do. So that's what you also think hey. you can see back into the pictures. And the fun thing is with the horses, because we are both experienced with the horses, we know how to work with them, because not every uh, photographer has experience with, with horses and how the animals behave. But because we are, we are very easy to phot photograph with the horses. Yeah. And the fun thing is, actually, the horses that we went to, like, we got a beach there. But if you turn, like, a little bit, you got mountains on the background, turn a little bit more, you got a different background. So, again, the, the possibilities are really endlessly. Paul, I just want to ask you, what was your expectation before you came here and in, in what way has just being here for this week exceeded your expectation? Well, I, I really wanted one shot, you know, <laughs> of a Viking, you know, one <laughs> dark and moody, one good shot. And I got, I have, the hardest part is going to be picking which ones I want because they're, they're both professionals. Every picture, if it's not good, it's because of me. I, I did something. But they're, yeah, the, I knew the landscape would be good. I knew the Northern Lights would be amazing, but the Vikings, where else? And I was telling them, where else can you get? You could get somebody, a model, and dress like a Viking. It's not the same. And just tell us, why are you dressed as a Viking right now? <laughs> I'm just like this because I wanted to be a Viking. In my natural uh, habitat. Yeah. Because I'm 3% <laughs> Norwegian. When, when in Rome, as they say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be a Viking in a shot, so I was. Fantastic. Bob, um, how did how did this week surpass your expectations? Oh, gosh. Uh, in every single way? How's that for an answer? Uh, it really has. It's, it's been a great experience. Um, the the only other workshop that, that I would compare it to would be David's workshop. Uh, which is totally different, but it's also totally amazing and totally worth doing. Um, but you could not be more totally opposite uh, as far as photography and, and just everything about it. It's totally different. Uh, if if you're watching and don't know, um, he has a, a live concert photography workshop. Um, so it's it's obviously very different. Um, 
I think, I'll just be brutally honest. When I read about it and stuff, I didn't really understand the whole Viking thing. I was kind of going, I'm not really sure I understand why we're doing that. And I was totally wrong. Uh, first of all, you've got, they're both our Viking models. Their personalities are perfect for this. Super nice people. Um, very, just their their willingness to to do whatever is 100%. Um, you could not be nicer people in the world. Um, and then Dave and, and yourself, uh, just so accommodating and, and, uh, just giving a hundred percent. Uh, so everything is, it's been, it's been a fantastic experience. Um, would love, would love for you guys to come up with another concept and put it together and I'll be the first one to sign up for it. Um, it's been great. It really has. It's been fantastic. Fantastic, uh, David. What was your sort of experience? That's right. So I'm I'm an experience guy, right? Like I don't I'm not a stuff guy. I don't collect things. I don't. Some people collect knickknacks, and I'm all about living life and living and and being in environments. And I get to travel the world, and, and I meet people all over. And that's what this is, and I love it because um, it it is. I mean, I was hoping it would be this, and it was. It it lived up to my expectations. Um, yeah, the Northern Lights blew me away because that was super cool. But I was hoping it would, right? <laughs> um, and like Bob said, I mean, having models and even the other photographers who who are here, you know, we've all become friends, and I know we'll all keep in touch, as I said. And so, right, we'll keep in touch. For we'll do that, okay? Um, they're like, nah, I don't know. With you, I'm not so sure. Um, but um, uh, so for me, that's that's what it's really about. It's you know, we we spend a lot of time in a van, right? Like going from place to place. Okay. Like it's it's a big it's a big uh, landscape, right? And you have to get from place to place, but it never felt tedious. It never felt that way. We all, you know, are hanging out and talking and we all come from different backgrounds and, and so getting to know everybody really well is fun and then making great pictures. You know, I mean, the, the, the pictures are everywhere and you pretty much just, like I said, you kind of point and shoot and it's, and it's there. So, uh, and then, yeah, having you guys who know this environment and know as much as you guys do as well is just the, is just the icing on the cake. Fantastic. Okay, so we're gonna we've come almost to the end of this episode, but I just want to ask one question. We're just gonna move the mic around. We're gonna start with you, David. What was the one thing that completely blew your mind this week? I mean, it's the obvious answer, right? It's the, the Northern Lights. Just blew me away. That's that's what I came for, and it was it lived up to expectations. Fantastic, Bob. Well, I mean, obviously the Northern Lights, but also uh, just the scenery of, of Norway, the, the massive mountains. And no matter, you look east, look west, look south, it's freaking beautiful. I mean, you could literally drop any, any of us anywhere here. We're going to come up with an amazing picture, not because we're amazing photographers, but because the scenery is just unbelievable. So that's why when you see, you know, films like, you know, Game of Thrones or Vikings or, you know, whatever, that's what you're seeing. That's that's why they filmed it here or places around here because it's just unbelievable. So coming from, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, which is just flat, and, and it was kind of funny. It was, um, I was in, I guess, late August, and I was on Amazon ordering, you know, wool mittens and hats. And it was 105. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe I'm ordering a long underwear and it's 105. 
Uh, but so to come here, it, it, it's, it's, it's so, so beautiful. Well, how about you? What was your, what was your moment that blew your mind? Well, to be honest, I mean, before you come here, you are expecting things, you're Googling pictures, you're looking at Dave's Instagram, seeing what he's up to. But I can't name one thing. To be honest, it's just being here and experiencing it for yourself, seeing all those things with your own eyes, being here with these fun people, just the experience itself to just actually be here is just mind-blowing. I can't give you any other answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. Real quickly, I would say that it's seeing it in person versus reading about it or seeing pictures. Yeah. It's like the difference between shooting a bullet and throwing it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Dave, like, what was that? That's like? a good analogy. <laughs> um, I'm just happy that you guys are happy. That I, you know, that I see this every day and, and the things that um, I drive past every day, you're going, look at that. And that's that makes me happy. Um, to have such... Fantastic Vikings. We worked together one time before. Yeah. I think. Or two yeah. two days. Two days, yeah. And um I knew you were great and that's why you're here. Kurt, I I mean, you know why you're here. I can do things that don't talk and you can do things that talk. <laughs> <laughs> so between us we're a good team. And with the rest of you three, it's been a fantastic time. I've had a great week. And uh again, I'm happy you're happy. Fantastic. Maria, what was your highlight? Definitely the Northern Lights, of course. But one thing I also really, really loved is that this man is like a walking en encyclopedia. <laughs> he knows everything. He has so many facts and just driving around island. Maya, well, this is this and this is that and this is this story. And it's amazing. It's called Davypedia. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, he knows it all. And that that's really, that gives uh, another twist about it. And it, it makes it, yeah. Insane. We've learned so many things about the landscape, yeah. um, the animal kingdom around here, the yes. weather, you know, the the um, aurora mechanics. The first thing that we did was the very first thing that we did is we had a masterclass in aurora mechanics, so that we all understood what it was that we were dealing with, and also how difficult it would be, in a sense, and how much expertise you need in order to actually find these things. Um, and that was that was the thing. I think I felt that we were really, you know we got a really great scientific grounding of what it was that we're actually dealing with so that we could understand what was happening and why it was happening as well. Yeah. Even if you don't actually fully comprehend it, just getting that basic, um, basic understanding it's coming from some, what it is, why things happen and what happens. Yeah. As long as you take that away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I've definitely learned a ton about that. Um, Paul, what was your highlight this week? <laughs> well, there's ghosts up here, trust me. My highlight was, because I had very little portrait experience, the way you taught it and explained it was wonderful. So I have amazing portrait shots because you were, you know, explaining this stuff simple. So that was my highlight, the portraits kind of stuff. The neural lights were amazing, that kind of stuff. But I learned the most about shooting portraits with my style. <laughs> Fantastic. So have we all come away from this as better photographers? Yes. Can I just real quick, because I, I know also what your highlight was, Kirsten. You now know that eagles have eyebrows. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. In the one frame that I captured that was actually sharp. Yeah. What, so, what was your highlight? <laughs> your, well, was your... Uh, my, I, to be honest with you, um, I had so many highlights every day. Um, the, seeing the Northern Lights for the first time and experiencing the movement. There was one moment where we went out 
and it all literally exploded. There was a time I thought you were going to fall over onto me because you were just your head was up in the sky and you were spinning around looking at it. I thought I'm going to have to I'm going to have to catch it. Yeah, you know it's so difficult because the thing is like when it really kicks off, it really kicks off, and you stand there, you take it in, you watch, you forget to take photographs because it's it's all just happening. There was one moment. I remember the first time we went out, and the very first time I saw the Northern Lights, Dave was saying, well, look up, look up. Could you see the green? And I'm looking up, and I'm thinking, oh, I can see, I don't know. Is that green? Could be. I mean, maybe it's a bit teal. Maybe it's blue. I don't know. I'm not sure. Could this see, is the I could see it was coming. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to I couldn't see anything. And then we were just about to go back in the van, and I, I had one foot in the van already, and I look up, and it all just, it just kicked off, and it just went crazy. And from then on in, that whole night was just nuts. And there was another moment where... Um, it started moving and it started kind of pouring out almost like, you know, imagine if you, if you pour out a bucket of paint and it just, it just sort of poured over the whole sky. It was just one of the most amazing experiences. So that for me was one of the highlights, but the other highlight for me was, was really the fact that, you know, we all met at the beginning of this week, you know, and we didn't know each other except for we know each other, but, and of course we know each other, but <laughs> at the, but but at the end of this, at the end of this week, you know, we've been through so many adventures together that, you know, I can, I can say that we've all become really good friends. And I think we've all thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this experience. Thor, like. Thor, thoroughly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've learned so much about the landscape, you know, like I said, the, the Animal Kingdom, you know, Northern Lights. Um, this, this whole area is phenomenal. The history is incredible. Um, and I think, you know, we're going we're gonna to come away from this Really, and we're all going to remember this for a very, very, very long time. Absolutely. So, we've come to the end of this week's Camera Shake podcast. Thank you very much to our guests today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, be reminded that there's a fully fledged uh, version over on YouTube as well, where you can not only hear our lovely voices, especially my super sexy, slightly cold inflicted voice this time. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a fully fledged video version over on YouTube in full Technicolor. All you got to do is go over to youtube.com forward slash camera shake and, uh, and you can watch the whole thing there. Um, otherwise, uh, remember to tune in. We're back next Thursday as always. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And that's all from Lofoten in Northern Norway in the Arctic. See you next time.